0: welcome to elevate the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing now here's your host tyler chesser elevate nation welcome back this is tyler chesser i'm so thankful to have you here and you know sometimes i just say that sometimes i say that and i always mean it trust me i always mean i'm thankful to have you here but I just want to express that I am grateful and I, I truly mean that. I, I truly am grateful and thankful that you're spending your time listening to Elevate and watching Elevate, whatever, whatever, you know, method you prefer. I just am appreciative, you know, so I want to make sure that you guys understand that that's not just, you know, a script of how I open the show. I want you to know I'm thankful. Um, so I'm super blessed uh, to be here, you know, to have another day, uh, to share gratitude, to share. Wisdom to to distill some wisdom and have an amazing episode with Devin Elder uh, today, and, and an amazing discussion with Devin. Uh, so I know we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go deep today, and I know that uh, there's gonna be a lot of real estate wisdom, there's gonna be a lot of entrepreneurial wisdom, there's gonna be a lot of life wisdom uh, today. So I hope you enjoy that, but I also hope that you truly know that I do appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here with you and the opportunity to you know, to gain some of your attention because look, it's, it's scarce. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's in demand, so to speak, right? Everybody's uh, everybody's attention is, um, you know, it's limited. And so I just appreciate you being here. Uh, you know what, it's time to take it to another, another level. So let's do that today. And you know what we do here, we sit down for mind expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as other top experts in other industries and disciplines. Of course, we've got a you know a influential authority in real estate today uh, with Devin Elder. So I hope you enjoy this. This is for leaders, entrepreneurs, and real estate investors who have a burning desire for the extraordinary. And I know that's the case for me. I know it's the case for, for many of you. And so I hope you enjoy the fact that we're going to take this from good to great to excellent to outstanding to extraordinary and beyond. Uh, because we have that burning desire I know I do it's my mission it's our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond the most important piece of that is beyond right It's about the outcomes it's about what the conditions of your life that you create as a result of building your business of building you know your portfolio of building your empire right it's about the conditions so the beyond to me is much more exciting we distill, we will distill and we do distill the mindset, the habits, routines, systems, tools, strategies, and so so much more from people who are elevating to a life without limits so that you can do the same or even more for yourself. So, you know, playful out, take a focused approach to listening to this podcast uh, because this masterclass is for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through personal growth, through real estate investing, other ventures, and most importantly, ultimately in their lives. If you enjoy this show, we would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to our show, uh, to our podcast, whatever you want to call it, show, podcast, you know, whatever, call it whatever you want. But we come out with two different episodes every single week and uh, we are really showing up to, to raise the bar every single time. I hope you're enjoying this, but if you are, you know, share this with a friend as well. In addition to subscribing, you know, giving us a review, if you if you haven't left us a review yet, we would certainly be extremely grateful if you took 15 seconds to give us a five-star rating and a review because it helps us, but also, you know, it helps us reach our message and bring on better guests, right. And and more sort of influential and impactful guests, because that's what we want to do. We want to bring you the best of the best. Um, so also this is free, right? We, we do this for free. We do this for fun. I do it for fun. It's a passion project. Uh, it's great to meet these people. It's great to bring wisdom to you, but if you're enjoying this and you're getting value from this, just share it with one person. If you've already done that before, thank you so much. Maybe do it one more time. Uh, do it every single time you listen to a show. If you're really enjoying this and I'm going to go ahead and foreshadow here, you know, I want to encourage you to take some notes, you know, get your iPhone, you know, note folder out, or if you've got a different type of device, you know, get your notes out on your phone and and jot down a couple things. Or, you know, do it the old fashioned way, write it on the back of a napkin. What can you do to distill the wisdom and the takeaways and the insights so that you can take action? You know, it's about learning, but it's about putting that potential you know power into action because that's when it becomes real power it's all about taking action but it is about sharing with someone else it's about sharing distinctions you know what are your top 3 distinctions i want to encourage you to listen for those today what are the top 3 things that you can take action on immediately and then what can you teach to someone else because guess what this is 100% free but it's only power if you put it into action so all that said uh, that's my that's my soapbox for the day but again i do want to reiterate how grateful i am how thankful i am to be here with you and uh, to have the opportunity to share this with you. So I want to introduce you to uh, Mr. Devin Elder. Devin is the founder and CEO of DJE Texas Management Group, a vertically integrated multifamily investment firm based in San Antonio, Texas. Since 2012, the firm has completed hundreds of successful investment projects, including several multifamily full cycle investments. Devin is a principal in over 2,000 doors of multifamily. So without further ado, welcome Devin Elder. Devin, welcome to the show, sir, how are you? Hey, good, Tyler, thanks for having me. My pleasure, my friend, and uh, you got a closing coming up, but you're still spending time with us here on Elevate, uh, so really appreciate that. But uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, who is Devin Elder like as a man, like behind the bio, like behind all the public, you know, stuff, like who, who really are you as a person?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff's in the bio that say, you know, I'm kind of the, the same front stage and backstage. Um, you know, I've been married 12 years. We've got three kids. So that's kind of the um, a lot of my focus, right? Is making sure the re- whole reason I got into real estate and become an entrepreneur period was I, I didn't want to be one of these guys that was a a sales guy that was gone two weeks a month, three weeks a month, right? Mm-hmm. I would see guys do that or I didn't want to be running a corporation where, where I had to put in 80, hundred hour weeks, stuff like that. Right. So that was all as I, you know, when our first child was born, that was kind of a big turning point for me. This is, you know, over a decade ago, but mm-hmm. to, to just say, look, I want to, I want to steer my career and I want to control my time. Um, and I actually do work a lot, but I work exactly as much as I want to most of the time, you know. Um, and so that's that's kind of what I set out to do. So I'm I'm a business guy, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a uh, I'm a starter, you know. I like starting new stuff and then bringing people in to to help me implement uh, and execute, and that that's what I love to do, man. I, I have a lot of hobbies, probably too many, you know. The list is 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 growing all the time. I'm I'm uh, learning to fly a helicopter right now, and that's kind of a new. Wow. New hobby, uh, hunting, fishing, playing guitar, you know, sports with the kids. I mean, it's uh, uh, golf. I, I do a lot um, kind of outside of work, but uh, I love work too. I love being an entrepreneur. So I don't know if that's
0: no, that's great. That's there, but hey, you know what? This is exactly what we want it to be. So thank you for that. You know, I, The thing that I love about what you just said is that you got into real estate because it was about the outcome. It was about the lifestyle that you could create as a result, right? Rather than just, you know, what can I do to maximize my career? And maybe you're like me because when I was growing up, I was always taught to, you know, do well in school, you know, do as best you can and, you know, go to college, do as best you can there, get good grades, maybe even get an internship, you know, follow the path. And then you can have a career that you'll have the privilege to work, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And who knows, maybe you'll be even successful enough to work 100 hours a week. And then maybe you'll be successful enough to be on the road for two or three weeks out of the year. And like, that's really interesting because we I was never taught, hey, Uh, you know, that's probably not the right path to go down. And I'm not mad about it or anything like that. But then you start to realize these things as you step into that. And then you're like, wait a minute, I want to have a family. How does that work? No one, no one told me that I didn't have a class for that in school. So what did I do? And then so, so for you, you sort of had these realizations that maybe long term, when you start to build a family, it's like, this isn't going to work. But then you looked at real estate and said, Hey, I can be an entrepreneur, I can be creative, I can be a starter, as you mentioned. I want to talk more about that. But is that kind of the the turning point that you said, hey, you know what? Let's let's spend more time in building this business so that then I can be around. And it's it's a little bit of a dichotomy, wouldn't you say? Because a lot of entrepreneurs become the slaves of their business. And I don't I don't mean I don't like saying that because it's not a nice word or whatever, it feels weird, but you know, it's true. Accurate a lot of people though. Yeah. yeah. So then you've designed so what you've done and tell me if I'm wrong here is you've designed a system to where you can be the best that you are to be the starter to go in and be creative and stir things up and bring in other people give them opportunities so where they have an opportunity to grow and be what they're best at while you can also design the system am I am I seeing that correctly.
1: Yeah, that's it, and you know it's always a work in progress. But um, that that's always been my aim is to kind of be the architect, and then you know, look, I'm the capital behind a lot of this stuff too. So it's not like I just dream about it and it comes together. It's like I write big checks to make this stuff happen too. So there's a kind of a certain risk tolerance that I have to have as a entrepreneur and as a leader. That's not it's not just hey, I'm gonna design this thing and hire some people. It's putting the capital behind it too right but yeah. that's 100% it you know is is uh, i've been very influenced by dan sullivan and his work with strategic coach and um and, and as well as countless other entrepreneurs i've been, been fortunate enough to call friends over the years on on structuring businesses and i'm a big um big kind of entre- entrepreneur business geek and i think it's kind of you know it's one of the best and funnest puzzles that you can that you can do to try and figure that out how you're using your what dan sullivan calls unique ability mm-hmm. kind of that small that small thing that you you're very good at some people call it a superpower um and finding out systems and and team members to kind of round out the rest there's a whole it's a whole you know you i'm a musician right i i spent years learning to play guitar to a certain level of proficiency. And I thought, okay, I got it. Now I'm going to go join a band. Right. And then I start a band and realize, man, this is a whole other skill set playing with the band. Like I know how to play my part. You'd think you'd just plug in the band and voila, you know, right. But learning to play with the band is this whole other skill. So over the years, I kind of started as a solo entrepreneur, got good at that. And then, hey, let's just build a team, right? Well, that's a whole other skill set. It's a completely different skill set, and so um, that you know that's been kind of what's what I've done over the last couple of years. And it's extremely rewarding. And it obviously you can't can't grow without it. So um, it's it's all in service of of uh, taking care of our investors number one, and then taking care of our you know our employees and team members and everything to where um, we can continue to continue to have a healthy business and continue to grow.
0: Hey guys, just a quick word from our sponsor and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital and you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital. a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called The Bottom Line, The 10 Ways to Increase cash flow in an Apartment Complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value-packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. And enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more that, you know, the, the process of building a business and building an organization is extremely rewarding in so many different ways, but it also requires something new of you at each level, right? It requires a new skill set. It requires a new mindset, a new perspective, a new approach, a new way to communicate, Uh, you know, a new uh, level of empathy, perhaps, you know, if you're building a team, right, you have to have perspective of others and that their needs, their desires, their challenges, their fears, their worries, their, you know, goals are perhaps not exactly what yours are. Right. And so what can right. you do to truly understand that? And so that's one of the th- that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about personal growth is because each level of that ladder requires something new of you. And I'm really glad that you brought up Dan Sullivan and, you know, strategic coach. And, and it sounds like you've invested in yourself from that capacity for, for a level of uh, a number of years. Uh, and you talked about unique ability, right? Your superpower. So Give us a little bit of look behind the curtain. I mean, what, what's the unique ability for Mr. Devin Elder?
1: Yeah, I think it's. I'm always trying to fine tune it. I mean, obviously, there's there's a capital component, which is not unique, but it's somebody's got to write the check to start this company or back this venture or pursue this property or whatever. So there's a capital component of it. Um, I, I think you know over time, I, I realize I'm more and more the trigger puller. Right, I can see something and have a I, I have enough of an idea to take next steps. And I think that's something that I'm starting to recognize is maybe a unique about me versus some other people that I interact with is, and maybe it's because I've just done so many deals and I've, I've started so many companies and I've been doing it. I've been an entrepreneur long enough that it's like, this is going to work. Here are the pieces. It's not perfect. But we're going to take action and we're going to iterate along the way. I think I've gotten very comfortable with that approach um, versus Hey, we've got to have it all buttoned up 100% before we take step one, which I think is kind of most people's primary operating framework. And that's okay. That's that's great. That's just, you know, I, I, I like to take action. I like to start new things. Um, I'm not terribly good at the 100 million other things I'm, I'm not good at, but I like those things and I'm trying to just kind of hone that oh, as, as each kind of quarter goes by to, to honor that strength. And try to give away the pieces of the business that are not um, not my strength. So, you know, somebody's kind of got to run over the hill first in the battle, and that that's me. You know, I'm the I'm the I'm the first guy with the machine gun running over the hill. <laughs> that's who I am, and I've I've kind of I've kind of gotten comfortable with that, and um, figured out a way to to build a team um, around around that.
0: Have you always been that way or, you know, has your experience led you to be that way just due to the experience, the intuition, you know, as a result of gathering those experiences, that data from successes and failures, or have you always just been that way innately just out of curiosity?
1: I think, you know, as I have reflected on this more, I'm 42. So, you know, sometimes you get benefit of a little bit of reflection. I was, I was homeschooled until sixth grade. And I think that it had a profound impact on me. And then I do I am I do not like any constraints and I do not like being told what to do. Cause when I was a kid until I was eleven years old, I had this incredible autonomy, which to me was just that's how it was, right? And then I kind of got in the school system and never really um never really fit into that system. Even though I graduated college and all that stuff, it was never a fit for me, uh, even in the corporate world. Right. I mean, I, I went to college, like a lot of people got into the corporate world for a number of years. And then I just kind of had my lightning bolt aha moment that I have to be an entrepreneur. It's in my DNA. And so I think that early experience, having that freedom and autonomy has, um, informed me, you know, (laughs) I was free until I was eleven, and then I got free again when I was in my mid thirties. And in between, <laughs> I was kind of either going to school or working or working two jobs or whatever the case is. So, uh, you know, that freedom is kind of my highest priority, and and I've built a business around it to support that.
0: So you were built to be an entrepreneur, right? From I think from
1: the- yeah, I think it's in my DNA. I just I just think um, I I can't explain it in any other way.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know. It makes sense. And, uh, you know, it's not for everyone. You know, not everyone has that in their DNA because it's no, I it's mean, not I don't know about you, but I've had, you know, I've had sleepless nights. I've had like, you know, times where it's like, man, I don't know how we're gonna make it through this, you know? And you know, maybe one of the downsides of being a trigger puller is that, oh, wait a minute, my plan did not work out, right? So what do I do now? And what's contingency plans, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I don't know about you, but I've seen the worst that could happen at times. And um, you know, it's challenging, but is there anything that you would point to that's been an extreme challenge, or maybe even a failure that's actually been a blessing in disguise that you've experienced? Is there anything that you point to?
1: Yeah, I would say like it's constant failures, you know, and that's that. That's I, I just I get comfortable with that many years ago. If I was going to be an entrepreneur and really go for it, that the the the, the I wouldn't say failures because a failure really is like a termination, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. if you messed up a deal and you lost investors' money, I consider that a failure, right? But if you let me see, you know, this year we lost a hundred thousand dollars of earnest money on a deal that we terminated because of COVID, right? That's a challenge, but it's not a failure, right? It's a failure of I lost some of my own capital. But I think it's we can, you know, we categorize, we categorize failures as, as terminal events, right? This thing happened and it's over and you quit and then, and you're a failure versus challenges are like, I just look at that as the default setting, you know, wake up, what's it going to be today? Something's coming and let's hammer it out. And I think that's where that uh, ridiculously unrealistic positive mindset comes in because every challenge that comes, I don't know if you ever heard that Jocko Willink bit where he's talking to his team and they say, oh, there's this challenge. He says, good, this is going to mm. give us this chance to get better. Well, this thing came up, good. That's going to give us this. So that's, that's my operating um, framework is to just, everything's good.
0: I love those. <laughs> you know? And I, I would imagine that Dan Sullivan probably says that that's a thinking tool, right? It's yes. A thinking tool, because no matter what comes at you, that, that's kind of this like bulletproof mindset that says we're either going to win or we're going to learn or it's going to give us a new opportunity to get better. Right. It's, I don't know what the quote was, but he says, I think it was Jim Rohn. He said, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. Right. Or it demands that you get better. Right.
1: That's it. Yeah. I think it's, it's quality problems. Right. And you know uh, my, my quality problem is, well, we had to fire this property management company and they left us left us with six figures of payables we didn't know about. Right. Okay. That's a quality problem. You know, um, there's i've had lots of problems in my life that were much lower quality right when i was at a different <laughs> stage of life so that's a quality problem and that and then i think that's compensation's tied to that too right people's compensation is tied to the the level of problem that they're able to solve and so i would say i deal with really high quality problems these days and frankly I, you know i I relish that, right? It's a it's a puzzle, and it's it's a it's a very complex puzzle at times, and it keeps life interesting. And the, yeah, I would really wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Well, speaking of complex puzzles, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because, in my opinion, the marketplace, especially now, and you know, this past year, and perhaps even the coming year, and if, I think. Interacting within this marketplace is a big puzzle, right? The the economy is extremely challenging. It's very complex, macroeconomically, microeconomically, wherever wherever you're, you know, operating. I know you're focused on San Antonio, but you know, how has your approach evolved over the past few years? I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a while, and I'm sure the way that you did it early on is nowhere near where, the way you're doing it today. And perhaps there's some similarities, but is there anything you point to in terms of the evolution of your approach?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm in mostly in multifamily real estate. I've got other investments, other companies, things like that. But majority of my time and my day in my company is buy an apartment, 200 unit apartment complex, improve net operating income over time, exit and beat our return projections to investors, right? That's pretty simple business model. So that business model hasn't changed in years. Um, The way we execute on that has, has changed, right? I mean, one of the things I did was start a property management company to have better control, um not necessarily as a, as a big profit center, but just to better look, it's all when you're raising capital It is the purpose of our existence is to meet or beat investor expectations. Bottom line. So everything serves that. So in terms of the business model uh, hasn't really changed. And, and I kind of, I, I kind of take the, you know, surfing analogy because everything is always changing. We've got headwinds right now, right. In terms of, Okay, we're going to go close this deal, and they want seven hundred thousand dollars COVID escrow right, that I've got to come up with somehow. I don't want to raise it as equity and dilute you know and 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 have too much equity to pay out on. So that's a headwind, right? Tailwind right now, interest rates sub three. Okay, that's a huge tailwind, right? So I think your headwinds and tailwinds are always changing. So it's kind of like surfing, and that we're not just going to have this this perfect storm. And I think part of that's good because the harder it is, the 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 less competition you're going to have. It's just hard enough to keep out most people, right? But it's doable. It's absolutely doable. It's just, you know, there's going to be some challenges. So in terms of our approach, like this year, figuring out how to get around those COVID escrows has been one, figuring out how to work with residents um, on, you know, myriad programs for rent assistance, things like that because obviously the whole country has been impacted and people's employment picture looks different than it has. So I think, you know, operationally uh, figuring out how to keep people in their apartments and, and keep their rent paid is, is, is a new challenge this year, starting the management company, like I said. Um, And then just continuing to, to uh, I think a lot's just changed as we've grown as an organization. And as I've grown as an entrepreneur is just, you know, you get acclimated you do another deal it gets a little bit more familiar and easier you do another one it gets a little bit more familiar so even with this tumultuous crazy 2020 that we've had um i still feel like i'm getting better with each deal and, get, and just getting more comfortable with the whole the whole the whole thing
0: yeah and it's it's kind of embracing those challenges again it's embracing the problems right solving bigger problems as you go and i love i love the way that you brought that up in terms of headwinds and tailwinds because you know it we always talk this way in the in the real estate business it's like hey we've got we got some headwinds coming at us we got some tailwinds that are pushing us forward but the way that you described it was hey look we're talking headwinds or tailwinds but it's about the winds right the winds are always changing in some right. direction And, you know, change is the only constant, as they say. It's not a matter of which way is the wind blowing, but how are you setting your sails, right? So what strategy are you sort of adapting with, right? And you just told us about some, you know, particulars and sort of how you're adapting on not only the property management front, but also in how you're financing your deals. How are you holding back those reserves? Are you applying those to, you know, CapEx, you know, after your nine or 12 month period Or how else are you doing that? Because that's personally how we've been handling it on our front. So uh, I like that approach. I really appreciate that. One other thing I'd like to know from you is, um, you know, in terms of just your longevity, right? And longevity in the business, you know, it's a long-term game, right? It's success in this business is about long-term. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme or anything like that. So in terms of maintaining your focus and diligence, because I'm sure like, you know, our company and like many others that, that, that I, you know, know and, and like and respect in the business, you look at so many deals before one or two make any sense to pursue. Right. So how do you maintain, you know, as the entrepreneur, as the leader, as the trigger puller of your organization, how do you maintain your focus and energy when you know that 90 plus, 90 plus percent of the time. You know, a deal isn't going to make sense, and opportunity isn't going to make sense, or you know, you might be spinning your wheels on that. So, t- tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's been an evolution. So, it started out um, with one of the one of the things I did early on was to outsource the underwriting and start paying for it hourly. Right? I didn't want to bring on an analyst full time uh, or anything like that because there's too much payroll. But I found a firm that would would do really competent out- underwriting. And I literally just formed, forwarded them the OM right and the financials, uh, or if, if if it wasn't a marketed deal, just the financials. And they, you know, underwrote countless deals for us, and, and that that was really helpful, especially as a small uh, shop at the time. Um, the next iteration of that was to actually start a brokerage and hire a broker to run all of it. So that's off my plate. Our broker, I own the brokerage with my partner, and. Our broker runs it, and that's been um, that's been a good move as the company's grown. Because I I just want to see in anything in the business, I, I want to see what is my vital piece that I can contribute. And it's not uploading a T12 and I'm dissecting a rent roll, right? That's not my vital piece. So I just want to see, hey, does this hit the threshold and take two seconds reviewing the underwriting to see if we want to or submit an LOI or whatever the case is. So trying to get rid of. Um, absolutely everything, but the very vital uh, piece that's mine. And I, I have a filter that I run everything through and the, the, the filter looks like a, you know, a funnel. Anytime there's kind of a task coming my way, number one, can I, can I eliminate it? Right. Can I just stop doing this task? D- did it, was it necessary in the past? Maybe it's not necessary now, or maybe it's, it's not adding value. Um, and what I do is I put it through a, a you know, my dollar per hour target, to say, is this a X amount of dollars per hour activity? And most of the time it's, it's not, right? Is negotiating a $20 million deal? Yeah, it is, right? Is meeting, playing golf with a pr- prospective new investor that's going to be a big part of our future? Absolutely, right? Um, but so, can you know, the back to the filter, can I eliminate the task, number one, if I can't, is there a way to automate it with software right a process or a piece of software and then if there's if there's not is there somebody that i can delegate it to that can either take all of it or take most of it and then that leaves me with you know kind of that vital um component that that i run uh, and that that keeps you know that does a lot of things that that keeps my cuz my i've only got enough battery to get through the day right like all of us we've only got so much time and energy and so i've been maniacal over the last you know, 10 years defining um, what's taking my energy and, and trying to get it off my plate. And, and that, that might be stuff like, you know, being an extreme about filtering my emails or not watching the news or whatever it is, but not letting anything kind of um, drain my battery that's not contributing to our, our goals as a company.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of value in that. And I love just the, even just the word of being maniacal, right? It just, it's like, there's, there's such a level of focus of extreme sort of diligence in getting things out of your plate that take your energy away. Right. You know, because that, to me, is is one of the most valuable sort of nuggets of wisdom that that anyone listening can really jot down and say, "Hey, what what's draining my energy right now? What's you know what's lower than my dollar per hour value, right? You've got to be able to determine that and, and understand, hey, what's the best way for me to spend my time? Because if we're not careful, you know, we have 168 hours in the week. It can be taken up by things that we should totally be outsourcing, right? And someone else gets a great opportunity when you outsource." Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, underwriting, you're talking about, you know, finding deals or, you know, analyzing a rent roll, all these different things. So there's so much value in that. One thing I'd like to just follow up on, you mentioned that you started a brokerage firm and you've hired a broker to kind of run that for you. So what, what type of role are they playing in your day-to-day activity?
1: Basically underwriting all the deals. Okay. You know, and, and then the, the, that brokerage will also, we we have a coaching program as well that I started um, with the same business partner that I have the brokerage with. So, you know, DJ E-Tex Managed Group is my private equity firm. I'm the sole principal of my company, right? But some of these other complementary um, businesses, I've been able to, been very fortunate to partner with a longtime friend of mine. So one of them is uh, coaching platform apartmenteducators.com, and now we've got coaching students and stuff. And they, there's there's just not enough hours in the day for me to do that. So we started the brokerage to help other people. And I get a lot of requests too from people. Hey, I'm looking for, you know, 20 units multifamily in San Antonio, and it's like well, I I can't I can't dedicate my time to that. But guess what? We have a broker that can run all that down. And um, so so there's there's a component of the broker working on our next deals for next year. And then there's a component of the broker working on um, other other clients' deals and, and stuff like that. And then I've got some other real estate stuff that I do that the broker's also involved with. So it just made a lot of sense to, to build that out. And it only made sense at a certain critical mass, right? It didn't make sense yeah. to start a brokerage a couple of years back, but, but now there's so much going on that it, that it made sense to start that
0: well, this is like entrepreneurial candy here, because what you're oh, talking yeah. about is complementary businesses, you know, vertical integration, all these things that serve each other. I mean, we're all like, ah, this is awesome. Yeah. So that that's awesome. And I, I love that because you probably just opened up some ideas for folks who are listening. It's like, well, what, what also serves and what type of requests do I get that I can't really service right now, but I can be a problem solver and think ahead, you know, because someone else could be able to step into this type of opportunity and serve that. So that's, that's interesting. I really really like that. So, um, you know, Devin, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about sort of just a little bit of strategy. So you focus solely on San Antonio, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. At the time uh, for the time being. Yeah. And when it comes to our multifamily stuff, yep. Got it.
0: So what, what excites you most about San Antonio and where do you see that going over
1: the next few years? Well, I guess there's two components, you know, the, the city itself is, has really changed in the last five years in a, in a good way. Um, San Antonio has always been kind of a sleepy uh, um, city behind Austin, which is just explosive. Austin's so cool and hip and, you know, Elon Musk's moving there now. Joe I Rogan moved there. Tesla factory, you know, i got my cyber trucks probably going to roll off the, the assembly <laughs> line and from Austin, Texas next year. Right. How cool is that? Right. I love Austin, but it's crazy market. I love Dallas. It's a crazy market. San Antonio's a little sleepier. Right. And then also, um, so, but we're seeing great things in terms of net migration, in terms of we've always had a great diversity of, uh, the, you know, the, the employer base here. Um, and then in the last couple of years, we've got some new trendy spots. You go downtown, you see young people out eating and running on the river walk. That's kind of new. So, you know, I grew up here. San Antonio has always been kind of a lame city. And now it's changing into uh, certainly not, it's not Austin or Dallas, but it's, it's trending in the right direction. I really like that. And it's still relatively affordable, meaning for when I buy an apartment complex, but also for the people migrating here from all over the country, uh, it's a very attractive, affordable market. So I think we've got runway in terms of appreciation. We've got great infrastructure here. It's easy to get around. Traffic's not bad for the seventh largest city in the country. I mean, it's traffic's amazing here. Um, so for the city, I like all those things, right? San Antonio's getting cool and I, I love it, right? I love to go down eat some of these restaurants and, and, and see this transition in San Antonio. Um, for our company, I love that, you know, I basically set this company up to be a San Antonio multifamily firm years ago. And now, you know, we, we have done that. We've, we have bought a bunch of deals. We've gone full cycle on a bunch of deals in San Antonio. We're known here. The brokers know us. We're known as a closer. So it's much easier to have the fish jumping in the boat now than it was Obviously, when we started, but you know, all the brokers know us, the the lenders know us, the investors. A lot of them are here, a lot of them are elsewhere. But you know, I think investors get a comfort level that hey, we've been to Dje's office, and it's it is fifteen minutes from the property, right? Um, and and then I don't have to uh, you know until I get the helicopter, I don't have to fly anywhere to go see my properties right, <laughs> right here. So there's almost kind of a laziness. 80-20 simplicity approach of, I just want to own stuff in my backyard. And also from a inbound leads, you know, I don't have to underwrite deals in Atlanta or, or, or Florida or, or uh, any of these other markets. And that really cuts down on a lot of cycles, right? Because Absolutely. when a deal comes up in San Antonio, we go, Oh, yeah. I mean, case in point, I'm buying a deal here in the next couple of days from a good buddy of mine. You know, I've known I've watched him run that property for the last five years. I'm extremely familiar with it. There's just a lot of knowledge variables that are gone because I already know that asset. So kind of like any asset that comes up in San Antonio, I can go, yeah, I know who the property manager, I know the management company that runs it, I know who's got their debt, I know the guy that owns it. And it just makes this transaction a lot a lot easier to carry out. Hey
0: guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from this show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers, the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur fresh out of my W2 corporate job, I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness, even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high-performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems, and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. If you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come first serve and demand high touch one-to-one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered, limitless, and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life-changing opportunity we will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. Absolutely, and I appreciate you sharing a kind of look behind the curtain there on all of that. And one thing that you mentioned there that I thought was really interesting is obviously now that you've you've reached a point to, you know, being very established in the marketplace, everyone knows you. I'm sure you get deals brought to you, the brokers know that you're a closer. And you know, everything about the market, right? There's so much value in focusing the way that you do. But if you were to look back to when you really got started, because if you were to speak, maybe if you were to speak to yourself, like if you had the opportunity now to look back and speak to yourself, maybe in that first year, you know, is there anything that you would have told yourself to do differently? Or was it all part of the process? Or, you know, is there anything that uh, comes to mind from that?
1: Yeah, not since I've started in multifamily, but I started in single family and I spent too much time there. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, that might've been a necessary part of my training and kind of uh, uh, earning my stripes, but I, I, I did hundreds of single family projects and I, I saw what some people were doing in multifamily. I was fortunate enough to befriend some people that were doing big deals. I just didn't have the confidence. Uh, and so I think if I were to go back, you know, to when I first started doing rental houses, now I might say, look, you don't have to have the confidence to go do the multifamily today, and you, you probably shouldn't. But start seeking mentors, start going to conferences, start getting immersed, start educating yourself, start building a brand, start talking about it, start networking in the multifamily space because it's a different, it's a, it's two different parallel train tracks that are going, you know. They're they're different. So I spent too much time on the single family train track, where I could have probably moved into the multifamily track sooner. And I don't mean moved into like, oh, go buy 100 units immediately. But there's a whole learning curve. There's a whole set of acronyms and nomenclature. There's a whole set of players in the multifamily world that's different. And it doesn't translate from single family. So that said, look, single family. I started this business with, with nothing, you know, and so single family got me out of my corporate job. It got me capital to start with. It got me some confidence running rehabs and, um, you know, all that stuff. So I don't want to knock it too much, but I think um, I probably could have made that transition quicker if, if with the right guidance.
0: That's super powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I want to switch gears just a bit and really talk about you know yourself. And you know, we we focus so much on personal growth because, like we said, you know, each level of your growth requires new skill set. It requires you know a new approach. And so, you know, one thing that I'm super passionate about is habits because you know, forty to fifty percent of our actions daily are spent, you know, habitually, whether we know it or not, whether we're conscious of it or not. So, you know, one thing that I, I'm super passionate about is creating conscious habits, being conscious of the habits that you're developing and that you're really settled into a groove on. So is there anything that you'd point to that's been very impactful for you as you've grown uh, as an individual, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, uh, as far as from a habit perspective?
1: Yeah, I think a couple come to mind. One is is really simple, but um, I, for the most part during the week, I don't eat breakfast. And, and I um, eat a simple lunch and then I kind of eat whatever great dinner at home that, that my wife makes, right. Or maybe we go out and that's kind of, you know, okay. That's kind of a simple thing, but that's allowed me to kind of maintain my weight with minimal um, effort. And so that's just kind of a brainless habit that I can go. And I don't have that afternoon crash. I don't feel sluggish and it gives me a lot of energy, um, to, to get through the day. And, and, You asked, so I kind of get into the detail on this. I wouldn't necessarily volunteer this, but when I'm physically hungry, it it makes me sharp. It makes me mentally hungry. And I think it's very important for the human animal to be hungry because I think that was our state forever until very recently have we had unlimited food, right? You've got more people that are overweight now in America than are malnourished, right? It's crazy. But I think it's very important for the for the human body to be hungry on a regular basis, Um, and I find that makes my mental acuity. Even if it makes me a little bit irritable, that makes my mental acuity um, better. So that's one habit. It's literally I skip breakfast and and have a kind of a a light lunch, and that does all kind of things for me that without having really to try too hard. Interesting. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, you're talking about intermittent fasting, essentially. Maybe it's yeah, kind right. of, it's yep. the inadvertent intermittent fasting.
1: No, that's my thing. Yeah, eat at 6 p.m. Don't eat again till, till 12. You got 18 hours of fasting. Wow. You know, there's all kind of proponents and probably naysayers on that, but I've found that to work for me and, and I'm a big fan of simplicity. So if my entire diet plan is skip breakfast and eat a reasonable lunch and then that's kind of it, boy, that's, that's easy to adhere to. I love that.
0: I love that. And you were going to continue. It sounds like you've got some other habits that you've Yeah, installed. I think
1: the other one is, is more recent, you know, in recent years is, is, um, being real serious about good quality downtime. And so, um, we, we bought a ranch recently where I go out and we don't have cell service. I take my boys out there and it, we're, we're out in the woods, man, you know, and it, it is like, um, it's like scrubbing your brain, you know? I mean, it yeah. really, it really is. And so, trying to figure out, and as an entrepreneur, it's it's hard to step away. So you kind of have to be very intentional about setting everything up. So you can step away for a little bit to just uh recharge the battery. And, you know, if you look at professional athletes, they take their downtime really seriously. Right. And and, and because when they step onto the court or, or the field, they've, they've got to deliver at an extremely high level. And so I kind of think about the same thing as, you know, I, I've got to take care of kind of my Mental state, physical state, my confidence level—really, kind of at all costs—and then everything else flows out of that. So, just being intentional about creating those buckets of time where I can be completely focused on recharging—that's a habit that's been um, very, very impactful.
0: Yeah, that's something that I've really uh, become more in tune with as well. as just recovery—not only mental yes. but physical—and you know, it, it's so it's so interesting because you look at on one side of the fence, people say, "Hey." you know what, the more I work, the more success and more opportunities I create and all these things. And, you know, but I think it, especially the long-term approach, like real estate yes. is so long, multifamily, it's so long-term approach. Like some of these deals take forever to come around to you or come take forever for you to reposition or whatever it is. So it's a matter of, it's like those, it's like sprints, but also the marathon of a series of different sprints and recoveries in between. So I think that's really important that you shared that. And is it just something, Hey, you know, we go there every so often and spend, you know, two, three, four days or perhaps even longer. And then we're back on, on track or how do you, how do you approach yeah. that?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, me personally, I like short trips that I can drive to. And, and after a couple of days, I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't need to down, I don't need two weeks downtime. I go crazy. You know, I, <laughs> I really, a lot of times Sunday evening rolls around and I'm like, let's rock and roll. I, you know, I, I'm. I want to get back into it, so I don't need much. But um, especially starting a business, it's so hard, you know, in the early years. And and look, if you don't if you don't have cash, you're not taking a break. Right, like right. you've got to work all the time, and that's part of the deal. But I think you can do that for a short period of years in order to kind of set the rest of your life up. At least that's the idea. And I think I'm in that phase now where I could say, okay. I've done the building phase. I've done the crazy entrepreneurial kind of startup thing, gotten over that hump. And now it's really critical that I take recovery seriously, like you were saying.
0: Devin, there's a question that I sometimes go to, and I'm always curious about this. And you may say, Hey, I have no idea what you're even asking about. This is a terrible question. I'm like, just tell me if you think that, but my question is, over the past few years, is there anything substantial that you've changed your mind about? And the reason why I ask it is because, you know, in my opinion, especially being an entrepreneur or a leader, you know, someone who's committed to always raising the bar, you know, we've got to shed, you know, beliefs from before or experiences from before that may no longer be relevant. Is there anything that comes to mind when I ask you that question?
1: Right. I mean, absolutely. So I'm, um, I think, I think I've got a broad set of skills that are maybe um, shallow in certain areas, right? I can do web development. I can do copy. I can do video editing. I can do, you know, put together. I can do a lot of things pretty good, right? And so I took a lot of pride early on doing all of it, right? And and I think that the change for me has, has been that really now I'm in the business of finding and taking care of quality people that are going to do it. And and I just, that's been a real shift for me because um, I'm not the one doing a lot now, right? In terms of executing things or the way the look and feel of this deck is. I'm not the guy putting that together, right? Somebody else is doing it. And I think having to be okay with, well, that's not exactly how I would have done it, but I, I there, that's one project of 100 that I need to execute on. And yep, that'll work. Or, you know, maybe here's some guidance. So transitioning into, I guess, the the people, you know, the organization building component of it rather than the execution. And that's that's tough. You got to work through people rather than work on things. That's a big, big shift. But, you know, like we're talking about quality problems, you know, that is, that's a quality problem to have is how do we grow this organization and maintain a level of quality and outcomes or exceed a level of outcomes that I was able to do on my own. Um, it's a real, is a real puzzle, you know, and it's, it's fun putting all that stuff together, but that's been the big change for me is going from being an executor, a doer to, finding the person that can execute that hopefully better than i could that's so
0: important and i think the the key phrase in there is taking care of quality people. You know, it's not only finding them and attracting them and showing them the opportunity and, you know, designing that, you know, whatever, whether it's a compensation or benefits package or, you know, bonus structure or whatever you, you, you want to do. I mean, obviously that's a part of it, but then it's about taking care. It's about giving them the tools, right? It's about giving them the training, the resources, you know, asking them questions, challenging them, setting expectations, and giving them sort of a lane to play in and then do what they do best, right? But is there anything else that you'd add to taking care of these people so that you can let them flourish?
1: Yeah. One thing I got from one of my old employers was we've got to create an environment where people volunteer their best because you, you can't push people to do anything. People do things for their own reasons. So how can I create an environment that people want to do their best? And that, that's that's a physical environment. You know, that's the compensation plan. That's who's on the team. Um, that's all those things, right? And so, th- so I think that all comes into play. Uh, and it's you know it's 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 more than just money too. It's the values of the company and and things like that. And I, you know I will not proclaim to be a master at this stuff, right? <laughs> but uh, that's the game that I'm playing right now is is architecting those things. And I think um, you know I think when you have real simple clearly defined outcomes and you don't have an overlap in people's roles. So there's no confusion about whose responsibility is. And you've got the right person that has the tools to execute and they know exactly what they need to execute on. Um, I think you got a good chance at, at, at success.
0: No, that's beautiful. And uh, very exciting too, because, you know, building a business is the greatest personal growth journey that you'll ever embark on. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. And obviously, there's a beautiful outcome on the other side of fear, the other side of challenge, right? The other side of problem solving and especially as your problems get bigger. So, you know, be willing to embrace that. And uh, man, I'm, I'm embracing this conversation, Devin. I'm really ex- uh, enjoying this. I'm really excited about, you know, continuing on this, but I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the Rare Air Questionnaire you know, to do what you do. It's about, you know, th- these are rare decisions. These are uncommon decisions. This is an uncommon approach, you know, because most people want someone else to tell them what to do. Right. But you are the trigger puller. You are the one who gets to be bold and gets to take the, you know, the success, you know, perhaps give that to your people, but also take the blame when things go, when things go wrong and, you know, own up on those decisions. So uh, I want to ask you a few questions, the first of which, you know, focused on personal growth if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read, you know, over the past few years or of all time, you know, what are those and why?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad was so impactful to me many years ago before I even got into real estate. Um, before that, you know, I was 14 years old in high school reading Think and Grow Rich and it just did not connect to me at all, <laughs> right? Like the, the, what, the way I grew up, I was like, this, this is, I'm not getting this information anywhere else. But I've read that book a hundred times in my life. Right. And, and just that repetition over and over. And I, you know, the audio book I've, I've listened to dozens of times, this is over the years and years and years and years and years. And so, you know, I made a decision, which it feels like a lifetime ago, when I started reading that, that, that I was going to be a a wealthy person. And I, I think committing to that decision early on, uh, it took years to happen. Right. But, but, Was I was able to build that, I think, because of that decision. And so so many people never even get started because they have a negative impression of wealth, right? Well, man, if if you're not comfortable with the idea of being wealthy, it's never going to happen, right? Um, And so that book, as popular as it is, Think and Grow Rich, was massively influential uh, to me. Um, Now, I kind of find my best learning comes through peer groups and, and business. I mean, there's nothing like being in it every day and go, okay, that didn't work. Let's, let's do this and keep constantly improving all aspects. But, um, you know, I, over the years I've also, um, invested in being part of really high quality peer groups. And I just think there's no substitute for that. So honestly, I'm not doing a lot of reading these days. Um, I, I'm doing a lot of kind of talking with folks like you and other groups that I'm in that are kind of high level guys doing, doing big things. And that's been, you know, life changing.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that, and I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, my first experience reading "Think and Grow Rich," my eyes were crossed. You know, I was like, "What is this guy talking about? This is like I, exactly. this is like gibberish or Chinese or something." I, I have no clue what this guy's talking about. But as I kind of dug through it a little bit, you know, to me it became transformative as well. And uh, I love what you said there, though. It was it was about deciding to be wealthy. You know, it was about making that decision. And look, it's like what Tony Robbins says: you know, it's in our moments of decision that our destiny is shaped, right? And the way that you continue to learn, there was another what nugget of wisdom there. The way that you continue to learn is by making decisions in your business, gaining that feedback and saying, look, it's not failure, it's feedback. And it's a way for me to adjust and pivot and grow. And it's also a way for me to share with others is a way for me, you know, I can learn by engaging with other people, whether it's a peer group or just engaging in a podcast discussion or having a call with somebody or walking a property or doing a deal or whatever. I mean, there's, I I like the way you took that because it's the it's not the only way to learn is just by reading a book. It's about doing as well. It's the most important part of any of this is action. So thank you for that. Uh, Aside from our discussion today, what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis?
1: I think it's to just continually pursue things that interest and challenge me. Um, I I like being a beginner. Um, That's what, you know, that's why I'm Uh, taking helicopter lessons, learn to fly a helicopter, right? Kind of difficult thing to do. Um, But it's, you know, I get to be a total beginner at that and watch it excel. And so I I think that's just a part of how I run is I need to be in situations where I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and several years ago, that was picking up golf and boy, that was a challenge, right? But now I'm, now I'm a golfer, right? Now it's learn to fly helicopter or starting a new kind of business that maybe is a little bit different than I've done before. So I like being in challenging new situations, uh, volunteering for those <laughs> <You> know, first <laughs> guy over the first guy over the Hill. And that keeps me, um, it keeps me excited, keeps me sharp, keeps me, uh, challenged. And then those things I learn from other disciplines I can bring back to the, to the business
0: that's awesome man and you're you're certainly challenging me you're challenging all of our listeners today is to you know be a beginner there's some things that maybe you uh, you've developed the calluses on the experience and all these things but what are some things that you can challenge yourself to grow right um, you know I, I don't know about you but at the end of the week if I feel like I've had a challenging week and some things where I've overcome some you know some doubt or anxiety or whatever it's like wow I can be really proud of myself and hey I've got a new experience to show for it as well so uh, that's awesome. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Devin?
1: I think um, through education, right? I mean, I you can you can preach at people all you want, but until people are kind of ready to do uh, to do something themselves, it's 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 kind of fallen on deaf ears. So I try to um, be a resource for for those around me in terms of in terms of education, right? Or or another big one is is connecting. Right. So I'm, I may not be able to be the one to uh, do X, Y, and Z for you, but you know, who you know, who is, is this guy and let me make a connection here. And so I'm a big believer in being a connector. Uh, and I think, you know, everything that good that happens for us is, is through relationships. So I just try to be the best um, relationship builder for other people that I can be if, if there's a fit for that. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I'll take it a step further because I, I just appreciate how you've been able to connect the dots of your past as well as connect the future through your vision. Um, so not only just connecting other people with the right resources, the right information, the right education, uh, or the right insight, you know, I just think that there's a lot of insight in what you've shared with us today. And so, man, I just, uh, I'm super thankful for it. And, uh, I just want to honor you because not only have you showed up with presence today, but you showed up with humility and you've just shared. So, um, is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today?
1: Right. Um, you know, this is something we kind of talk about for a couple of folks that I coach, but whatever you want, you you know, within reason in this life, you, you can have it. You just got to figure out what the exact outcome is and then reverse engineer the process to get there. And, and I mean, that's way simple, but that's how it goes, you know, and that's, that's how I've seen lots of other people do it. That's how I've built my companies and my life to be what is a dream today is just picking the target and reverse engineering it. And, and I, that's, you know, that's what I tell people to do in anything they're pursue, pursuing. So that would, I would share that.
0: Thank you for that. And I don't know, I think it was uh, Albert Einstein that says, keep it simpler keep it simple, but no simpler. Right. So that's, that's exactly what you just described to us there. Uh, what a beautiful, beautiful, uh, way to, to leave this discussion today. But Devin, before we do that, uh, tell the listeners how they can learn more about what you do and engage with you further.
1: Sure. Sure. So we we have a lot going on, but the best is the main company website. That's DJE, Texas, Delta, Juliet, echo, Texas.com. And we got all kinds of resources and you can reach out there. That'd be the best spot.
0: Yeah, and we'll put links in the show notes there, of course, so you can reach out to Devin and, and learn more about his company and, and how you can potentially uh, collaborate there. But, uh, man, I, I just want to encourage all the listeners to you know distill, what are your top three key distinctions from the show? Because there's a lot here. And uh, I might even encourage you to re-listen to the show because sometimes, you know, as Devin mentioned, you know, you read a book twice, or, you know, or even a hundred times. There's going to be things there that you didn't notice at first, and I think that's the same with podcasts. So, you know, repetition is the mother of all skill, as they say. Uh, and also, you know, when you share with others, that's how you learn more, right? Like, what were your top three key distinctions, and how are you going to apply them? in your business, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you know, whether you're an investor or not, there's a lot here that you can really implement. And, you know, information is not power. You know, that is just potential power. It's about how are you taking action? How are you implementing? And, uh, you know, beyond that, uh, Devin, what an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Tyler, thank you, man. I really, really enjoyed it. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, my pleasure. And Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Elevate.